0: Hey, what's up? So what you're about to listen to right now is the one time that I was interviewed for a podcast. This was with Jake Serini, who I interviewed in the Underground Sound podcast back in the archives down below. This time he interviewed me. And uh, this is what that interview was. So check that out in its entirety.
1: Hey guys, I'm Jake serini and this is the Soar Joints and Twitch's podcast. I need an eagle on my arm like a ghost
0: face. Stack a bunch of paper up until I get my own place. I'm not bragging, I don't want my parents as my roommates. Money that I get, I spend. I don't spend my
1: time at clubs unless you say the one I'm in the social club. Before I met my girl, I swear I pray so much. I used to rap about my ad. Ed- Time to waste stupid things. Nothing's new to me. I keep these rappers on a loser's streak. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey, guys. Jake here. I am right on Lake Michigan at the Chamber of Commerce in my office here in downtown Escanaba. I'm with Brandon Shibosha. That's how you say your last name, right? Yeah, you nailed it perfectly. <laughs> All right, man. I never knew it for sure because I never said it out loud before.
0: Yeah, that's... Perfect. People botch it all
1: the time. I bet that. You get a lot of Bochamp?
0: Bochamp, Buchamp, Camp. I mean, <laughs> everything you can think of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel you. Um, dude, you're kind of a legend in this town, man. I'm uh, I'm honored to have you. Uh, I don't know about all that, but yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you uh, So you live in Grand Rapids now, right?
0: Uh, just on the outskirts, yeah. Outskirts? town of uh, a suburb area at Comstock Park, it's called.
1: Okay. How long have you been there?
0: Uh, about three years now.
1: Yeah, do you like it?
0: Yeah, I do like it down there. I'm yeah. more, I've always been more of a big city guy, even though I grew up in a small town. Yeah. So I like the idea of having anything that I need or would want to do, just being kind of like a couple minutes away. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, All right, man. So um, h- how long have you been out of Escanaba now?
0: Uh, I've been gone for about three years.
1: Three years, yeah. Hey? Okay, what took you out of the area? Um... Life? (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not not worried about talking about it. So I got divorced. Uh Uh, My baby mama was from uh, the Grand Rapids area. Yeah. I met her when I was down there for a friend's wedding, and uh, she moved up here with me. We had kids, got married, did Mm -hmm. that whole thing. Yeah. Split up, and she uh, took the kids and moved back downstate. Okay. So she basically put me in a position where I either had to move to be with my kids or... Stay up here and see them on, like, summers and holidays
1: and pay a bunch of child support. You can't even even think about that. So, yeah. That's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. My two
0: kids are everything. So I packed all my shit, moved down, stayed right away.
1: I don't blame you, man. I would have done exactly the same thing, you know. And that's pretty respectable of you, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people might. There's quite a few people that might not have done that, you know. Yeah. I mean, people get so comfortable um you grew up here right you lived here your whole life born and raised in Escanaba yeah uh,
0: moved to Florida for like a year chased a girl (laughs) but other than that yeah Escanaba my whole life
1: everyone's got one of those stories right yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, fresh out of high school okay did you go to EHS yeah yeah what year did you graduate
0: 2000 I I would have graduated in 2002 they kicked me out oh did they yeah yeah were you wild yeah yeah i was causing a lot of trouble i wasn't like the kid that got in fights or like did a bunch of crimes or anything i Mm -hmm. was just really rebellious against the system okay i never got along with my teachers or the authority the principals nothing like that yeah i skipped school a lot and just Uh yeah i wasn't wasn't a good student at all yeah yeah
1: i i understand i understand (laughs) (laughs) i grew up i grew up in the up too and you know um it's a little bit difficult growing up sometimes because i talk about it all the time on the podcast it's like we uh we grew up here and we're like we sort of resent our parents for making us live here as yeah. a kid and you're just like this sucks you know like yeah. why don't i live in new york city or something exactly. crazy you know and eventually you get older and you you figure out why you you lived here in the mm-hmm. first place but when you're a kid you just you don't like it and you rebel right
0: yeah yeah that was me big time okay. i just uh I was always fighting the system for
1: some reason. Yeah. You still fighting it all? Uh,
0: no, not really. I mean, no? I've ten as I've gotten older, I've learned how to uh, blend in with the system <laughs> and kind of become part of the system. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess fight it from within, like uh, we had talked about earlier. Yeah, you went put, on. sort of put that camouflage on, right? Yeah. I mean, that rebellious spirit's still there, but yeah. I mean. I put on a pretty good public face. Yeah, no, I, I
1: hear you, man, because I still feel it all the time, too. You know, um, we both were involved in hip-hop, you mm-hmm. know, back in the day. You still are more than me. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think I think that speaks a lot about a lot of us who, who did some of those kind of things. You yeah. know, everybody, you know, you don't really get into hip-hop unless you had a little bit of a right. rebellion inside of you somewhere, you know? Yeah,
0: and I think that's why we all kind of got along on a certain level was just that... Uh, the rebellious spirit of hip-hop, kind of, you know?
1: Yeah, so you're, you're still doing hip-hop, right?
0: Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm working on a new project right now. Yeah. Um, I like to think of myself as semi-retired. Okay, yeah, I feel that. Um, I, I don't really have the urge to, like, be a big rap star and, like, put yeah. myself out as a product, necessarily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's more of, the, like, the the artistic, like, I still love to create music. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of... Uh, been working with one of my uh, older music partners again, and uh, kind of the plan is to just kind of get him up and running because he wants to be that spotlight person, and I actually prefer to be behind the scenes. So I'm okay. gonna kind of, you know, create new music and and kind of try to bring him up yeah. under under with me and kind of get that off the ground there. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you take like a little break for a while? Long break, yeah, Long, huh? yeah. Um, that kind of coincided with the uh, the divorce and moving and everything. Yeah, um, my last album released was in 2011. Okay, that was I think around the last time we were doing shows and stuff too. 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I had a couple kids and mm-hmm. marriage was was what it was. So it was kind of like that rocky period. And stopped yeah, doing shows and okay, music and stuff, but uh, just got back into writing and recording and doing stuff. Does it recently. feel good
1: to be back into it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, it was a long period of writer's block and stuff. Because okay. like I said, again, it's more of the art for me. Yeah. So, and, and when I started rapping, it was always the writing part of it, more than being the the MC. Okay. I'm yeah, more of a that. writer at heart. Yeah. And uh, the the I had writer's block for like the whole five, six years. I couldn't put a song together for nothing. And yeah. And then all of a sudden it just pours out of you, like like notebooks full, just out of nowhere. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, um, it does feel good to kind of get that ball rolling. I don't know what the plan is to do with it yet, but just Uh creating in general is a fun process.
1: You know when you're in bars and and you see, like, older dudes with, like, an acoustic guitar still just playing playing in front of, like, 11 people but just loving it? You you, you sort of get that now? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah.
0: The art never leaves, you know, even if uh, the star fades or whatever the case may be, life happens. But if you're a true musician or a true artist, that's
1: got to come out of you in some form or another. Right, right. We were talking earlier. I still feel it, too, man. Like, every once in a while, I'll talk to somebody like you or I talked to uh, Casey Schenar the other day. And, like, you guys sort of inspire me that sort of took that break. Like I'm at the point where I don't feel like I'll ever do it again. Mm-hmm. But then I talk to guys like you who are like, Yeah, I didn't do anything for six years yeah. and now I'm back into it and it's fun again. You yeah. know, and I'm like, yeah. ooh, man, that does kinda sound and fun. It, and, <laughs> and it
0: stopped being fun after a while too. Yeah. You know it did. Uh, Towards the end, there it became became a lot more about uh, business than it
1: became art,
0: and yeah. that was a lot to do with it too. So,
1: did you get to that point where you sort of take yourself a little too seriously with it? Way too seriously, I definitely yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like trying to like be famous, you know. If anything, if you you were famous, if anything, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody,
0: and I think it's uh, more prevalent in the hip hop more than anything else is the ego that comes along with it yeah and wanting to be the the coolest person out there the best or yeah the most well-known or however you want to rank it you know it's hip-hop's always been competitive like that you oh know? yeah for sure and I think uh yeah towards the end of my that run there that was kind of where I was at and it was uh it was very taxing
1: yeah I, I was kind of the same way like I was like at the end, I was sort of just doing shows to be able to go drink for free and act, act <laughs> ridiculous. You know, it wasn't even about the music anymore. It was just yeah. like about to like be like the main dude at the party. You know, like yeah, everyone knows me. I'm gonna be awesome, be ridiculous, yeah. and then it just got so exhausting.
0: And, and that's a bad headspace to be in when you're. Yeah. At the root of it, it's got to be about the art, because I think. Uh, it changes you as a person when you get into that headspace, too. And like, yeah. I think the ego that came along with that, uh, it had a lot to do with my marriage. It had a lot to do with mm-hmm. a, a lot of things, you know. It's one of those, like, hard life lessons you got to learn, you know. Like, yeah, it can bring you down if you let that get to you. I've
1: seen a lot of people did it. I mean, I have some really close friends that, I mean, were some of the best musicians. I mean, I have a buddy that played guitar and was in punk bands, and then he was one of the best rappers I ever met. You know, he's one of my best friends at the time. And I think he's sort of going through the writer's block a little bit from from what I heard. I haven't seen him in a while, but, yeah. you know, it sounds like it's pretty common. I think, you know, you spend your whole, like, early 20s, mid-20s sort of um, feeling like you're super awesome, yeah. you know, and you ride that high, and then you mellow out in your personal life a little bit, and yes. then you don't know how to <laughs> adapt the music to that that's and, exactly yeah yeah it's and it's strange but it, it's kind of inspiring that when people do come back because not everybody comes back from it like me I don't know if I'm gonna but um it seems like the people who do come back their music is so much better it's more impactful and meaningful you yeah. know and then it's like you start realizing like um like guys like brother Ali mm-hmm. you know atmosphere why their music is so 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 like emotional and it's because they're grown men with families and children and 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 they've gone through it you know
0: guys like that are really important to guys like me at this point because one of the things and i don't know if you feel this way at all Mm -hmm. but one of the things i struggle with is being a rapper is that like the high school early 20s thing that you do for fun and then you got to grow out of it and be a real adult yeah. and do real adult things and let that pipe dream go or is it uh, when you look at artists like atmosphere brother ali or you know some of the other other artists i listen to are the rugged man mad child yeah these are guys that are like
1: Vinny paths old as shit you know like <laughs> right. not they're not like
0: 50 but they're late 30s early 40s and they're still yeah. making hip-hop music and it, they're dads and they're it's like they're still just making the art. And I yeah. think that's inspirational to me, too, because it's, it's like I can still be an artist no matter what stage of life I'm in. Right. As long as I represent that stage of life accurately. You know, I'm not trying to be the 20 something out there trying to yep. shut down the bar and all that good stuff. You right. Know right. Mean?
1: Because, you know, those those 20 somethings that are shutting down the bar, they have their rappers who are making music for that. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? But. A lot of us, like, guys like you and me, guys between 30 and, like, 45 who are super into hip-hop, you know, coming up. And then you get, you know, like you said, you get married, you have families, all of a sudden you get jobs and careers. And then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, you know, how how do I relate with, like, future? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How do I relate with, like, uh, you know, some of these mumble rap guys coming up? <laughs> like, I really can't. I yeah. really can't. But – you know, then you hear this music where people are speaking about your life, and it yeah. sort of brings you back to why you loved hip hop from the beginning. You know, when you're 19, you love hip hop because it's like, you know, it's all about that life, and it's mm-hmm. like I want, I want to have fun, and I want to be crazy, and yeah. you know, and then you go and do that, but then when you're done with that, you're like, okay, well now what? And mm-hmm. uh, the people who are saying now what, they need their people too. So you know, it's I think it's really important that these. Older guys continue with it, you know. Somebody's got to do it because otherwise it's like, well, what what do we do? Do we, you know, we listen to hip hop our whole lives, and then you a lot of people stop even listening to it. It's really weird. I mean, people all Mm -hmm. of a sudden start getting into like like soft rock and classic rock and yeah. country music and I was guilty as any I mean there was a time when I like in like 2012 I was going to like country festivals you know yeah. and like my friends were like dude you were a rapper what are you doing I'm like I just don't relate to it anymore but then I kind of hit that hit that plateau where it's like okay I don't really relate totally to this either you know Right. Yeah. you know so it's interesting to to follow that journey I think everybody's kind of got that journey though you yeah. know yeah
0: I think at the end of the day, you just gotta be real with self too, because yeah. guys like an atmosphere, uh, uh, brother Ali, they're rapping about their lives, and as yeah. long as they're keeping it real to themselves, um, it's always gonna appeal to somebody. Yep. And It's when they start trying to be fake or trying to be something they used to be, or you know, try, just trying to hold on to something that's not there anymore, is when they lose touch of their fan base.
1: Yeah, right, right. You still got to uh, you still find a lot of that fan base that you had earlier um now that you're coming back into it and starting to release things uh did any you got you find much of them hung on um well i
0: haven't released any new music so i don't know who's there for the music part yet okay uh, i'm
1: interested to find out how yeah, that works
0: yeah. um the 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 project that i'm working on now is kind of designed to kind of uh, kick up a little bit of the dust yeah and, and pick up where i left off before things get taken in a new direction yep um, so we'll see what's there. Yeah. But, um, when I'm doing like the podcasting or, or whatever else I'm working on, I do, f- you know, there's still following there. Okay. I don't yeah. Know how much of it came from music or is new or mm-hmm. who knows? But, right. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, yeah, there's still people there.
1: Sure. How long have, uh, how long have you been doing
0: your podcast? Oh God. Um, well, in its most recent incarnation mm-hmm. since summer, like, uh, started doing more interview format. Yeah. Um, and, and that would be, like, I want to say I did my first one in, like, July or August. Okay. Um, and it's kind of, like, designed for anybody in the world of underground or independent arts and entertainment. So yep. musicians. Um, I'm big into the wrestling, so wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Anybody, really, that's doing anything independently. Yeah. yeah. Um, But before that, me and Dusty tried doing one back when we were running the shows and everything. Yeah. Um, so the first three episodes that you'll find on the podcast feed on YouTube were me and Dusty, and those were done in, like, 2013.
1: Okay. That was earlier in the podcast game, too. I mean... Yeah. As
0: a matter of fact, I was calling it, uh, Internet Radio. Okay. But then I always had, like, the subtitle, The Underground Sound, The Podcast for Your Mom's Ass. Yeah, yeah, So it was still the podcast. It was still a podcast, but it was, like, you know, still wasn't sure if, is this more like, in, under, you know, uh internet radio or is it a
1: podcast back in back then like 2013 we didn't really know what it was yet either no it was a new thing yeah Yeah, and i and i still like i still have people that don't like older people too especially that don't get podcasts now like they don't understand it and i still explain i'm like it's basically an internet radio show but you can do and say whatever the heck you want because you just make yeah. it, you know, and I, that's what I love about it.
0: And the thing with those is, it's like uh, I heard you with your episode that you did with Crispinia, Andy Crispinia and it yeah. was uh, you guys were talking about podcasts there and how it's almost replaced music in your life in a yeah. lot of ways. Like that's the same with me. I'll listen to podcasts all day long. Yeah, like yeah. I very rarely listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, me too. I'm exactly the same way. Yeah, um, it, it, podcasts. It's it's fun. It's educational. Um, It's entertaining. It's on your time. You know, um, it's great. It's a great uh, new media format.
1: Yeah. You know, I get that same thrill out of podcasting that I did doing hip hop though. You sure. know what I mean? It's, it's something fun to do. You get to hang out with all kinds of different people that, yeah. you know, you meet new people through it and you have all these experiences. It's, it's a little bit different, you know, obviously uh, we're not getting hammered while we're doing it like we right. used to, yeah, you know, yeah. but uh, I get that same little bit of a thrill though. And I'm, I'm with you on that, on the education part. I feel like I've learned more from podcasts in the last two years than I did Anything like even I feel like I've learned more from podcasts than I did when I was in school than (laughs) when I was in college, you know Yeah, Yeah, you can because I don't only listen to like things that are like just my interest like not it's not all just entertainment for me Mm -hmm. It's like I like I learned a lot of what I do in my business um, through podcasts mm-hmm. and you know there's people like I talked about all the time Gary Vaynerchuk and and you know Tim Ferriss yeah. and it's like these are like these super like modern like ultra modern guys that are are really just laying out what the state of business is yeah. in 2017 and there's a lot of people out there who should know better, but they're still running their businesses like they were taught in school. You know, right. like I mean, there's people our age, you know, in their 30s that are still doing business like 50-year-olds. Are. And it's like, no, like, it, you don't have to do it like that anymore. Right, yeah. You know, there's all these ways to connect with people and, and to reach out with people, you know, yeah, and it's crazy. The internet
0: has changed everything.
1: It's changed everything. Um, I, I firmly believe that every person is their own media company now, man. You have to be. You have to be.
0: You have to be. A brand, You have to...
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: You, you can't just be one thing anymore. And you have to try to appeal to whatever audience you're looking for, whether it's a niche audience or a bigger audience. You mm-hmm. got to try to reach them the way that they're able to be reached, you know, yeah.
1: through what they're into. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, when did you guys start putting on hip-hop shows in Escanaba? Um,
0: back in... My first show was 2000, the new year between 2001 and 2002. Okay, uh, that was my stage debut. I was working with a dude at the time named Schizo, mm-hmm. who's now Lucas James. Ah, yeah. Who's the artist that I'm looking to bring back up? That's he's dope too, man. Yeah, he's a phenomenal rapper. He's yeah. a phenomenal rapper, and he never, for as much as he's done, uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit about him and what he did to uh this scene the local scene Mm -hmm. and how you know he kind of founded the roots for where i came from and everything he's never really had uh a big run you know he's never had his chance to to do a bunch of shows or Mm -hmm. uh kind of really get out there and he's always kind of been like the artist that uh has never really had been able to not good at marketing himself i guess you know what i mean yeah so take that talent and just put it out to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he started rapping uh, in, like, 2000. Okay. And he did, like, one or two shows at the Michigan Theater. And oh, then, wow. Okay. Um, I He was, like, a rapper rapper, more of an MC, and I was a writer, like we talked about earlier, and I would write yep. rap songs back then. And I'm still in high school, you know? Yeah. Um, and – we clicked up, and uh, we kind of formed a rap group Or I was like, it's Hype Man, and then we started a rap group. So we did that New Year's show, um, and then ever since then, it's, we did shows with him through 2006 okay and then there was a little bit of a break till 2009 when i clicked up with dusty and we started doing like a second run there
1: yeah yeah man when you guys did when did free was freedom entertainment um from the beginning or did that come about when you got with dusty and started doing things
0: um freedom entertainment uh in that form was a me and dusty thing okay um with me and and schizo at the time lucas james uh we did freedom recordings okay yeah uh, more, very more, uh, just hip hop focused. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, when me and Dusty got together, we just kind of wanted to take that and spin it into more of a, uh, you know, we had bigger ideas doing shows and stuff like that and not just yeah. the
1: music. So more we of a full business spun and a spun company, it into yeah.
0: Freedom entertainment. Yeah. So it's kind of had its roots, uh, back in the first run, but started yeah. with the second one.
1: Okay. Well, you guys didn't just do hip hop shows though back then, right? You guys were doing like, uh, all kinds of events
0: um yeah yeah we we had a lot of fun um we did um shows for the dda for like sidewalk sales oh yeah we put together you know family friendly shows to just play like on a side stage there Yep. um we did uh one of the years we did the battle of the bands at the fair okay yeah um hosted that um did some stuff with Soar on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, we'd work with some of the rock bands and do some non-hip-hop things, mm-hmm. just kind of depended on the thing, because uh, if I was involved, it was going to be vulgar and profane and offensive <laughs> to people, Yeah, but, you know, we wanted to do other stuff. Kind of we'll, toe that line
1: a little bit, right? Yeah,
0: so if we had other things we wanted to do that, you know, like the sidewalk sales, can't have that, but we right. can
1: put on other stuff. So, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Um, How long did you guys um, run Freedom for then?
0: Uh, freedom entertainment ran um in its in its prime because i would say it's still active or dormant or Uh you know like uh still exists. my podcast is an extension of freedom entertainment okay but um as far as like the shows and everything ran from 2009 through
1: 2012 okay nice um where's your favorite place to play in town because, I mean, people, there was a lot of venues over the years. Like you said, you played Michigan Theater. Like, that. Yeah. that's never even been open as far as I've no, lived here. You know? No, that was old, old Yeah, because yeah. that, that place is pretty dilapidated now. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was in there like five, six months ago. The guy who owns it was showing me around, and yeah. it's, uh, it's in rough shape right now. Uh,
0: it was a pleasure to say that I worked in, in the Michigan and in the Delft because mm-hmm. growing up in Escanaba, when I was a little kid, before they had the Willow Creek Cinema, yeah, you went and saw movies at the Delft nice. or the Michigan Theater. So, oh, like, nice. I would see, like, Heavyweights and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> oh, and, man, nice. And all those, you know, Ninja Turtles, those kids' movies Classics. were out there. Yeah. yeah, so to go back and be part of the entertainment there was awesome. Uh, the Delft was always my favorite place. Yeah. I mean... We, like I said, we did that show at the Michigan Theater, but they closed down shortly after that. Okay. And we moved our shows primarily over to the Delft, even back in the early 2000s. Okay, so sure. It's always been the Delft for me. That place is just
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um,
0: the historical value more than anything, you know, because, like I said, you know, you, you just, the when you grew up going to movies there and then just just to be a part of that building and it's, it's yeah. history, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, especially when you, have you ever seen a lot of those super old pictures of downtown Escanaba? Yeah. I mean, there's pictures of like horse and buggies in front of that Delft Theater. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So like, it, it's funny is when we were, when we were, when I first moved here and we were, going to shows at the Delft, it's like you walk through those doors and we weren't even thinking about that then, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? We were there for a rap show. We were there yeah. to drink and be wild and smoke cigarettes out front and the whole thing, you yeah. know, and uh, we weren't worried. And then, you know, like we keep saying, you get a little bit older and you start, your eyes, you sort of have an awakening to, to what's really going on in the world. And yeah. you're like, man, like, that's actually pretty cool that I played on that stage yeah. because, I mean, can you imagine some of, um, you know, the just the people that have been in that in that building, Exactly. you know? Because, I mean, that place has got to be the better part of 100 years old, right?
0: Yeah, and I'm really big on historical, like, I like old buildings, old mm-hmm. architecture, history in towns. Yeah.
1: That's real important, so, yeah. yeah there's, a, cool. there's a lot of really interesting history in this town, too. You know, mm-hmm. before I moved here, I, I never really knew anything about Escanaba, and then as it's become my new home, over the last five or six years, I'm, I'm learning more about it. You know, when it's your hometown, you, you hear things growing up. And you don't really care. But then when you move somewhere as an adult yeah. and then you're just like, OK, well, this is this is where I'm from now. So it's like, well, let's learn a little bit. And yeah. I mean, there was been some really interesting people that have lived in this city. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a guy that uh, his name was uh, Hugh McDonald and he was the lieutenant governor of Michigan. And, uh, you know, on the boulevard there on like uh, what is it? 4th or 5th and 2nd half South, mm-hmm. um, there's that huge yellow house with, like, the clock tower up on top. Yeah. That was that guy's house. He owned that whole building, too. Really? And uh, back when he owned it, it was, like, the late 1800s. Yeah. And he was, he was the richest man in the entire state of Michigan, and that included downstate at the time. Wow. Yeah, that guy owned all of the train tracks in the UP, every single one of nice. them. Nice. And then he owned, like, half of the mines. So, like, I always tell the story— that I found out just by researching basic Escanaba history about this guy. Mm. And in the late 1800s, this guy named Captain Nathaniel Moore came from Gogebic County. He came over here to Escanaba, um, right about a block up from where, where we are now on Ludington Street, right across from where like the Daily Press is, was yeah. that guy's office. So this guy, Captain Nathaniel Moore, came up to his office and was like, man... I found this huge piece of mineral rights, you know, over in GoGibbet County, yeah. but he's like, I don't got the money to fund it, you know, I, but I guarantee there's a, there's a hundred million bucks in that, right, in that yeah. ground. So this guy, uh, Mr. McDonald, he was super rich. So he funded it. He flipped the whole thing. And that captain Nathaniel Moore went over there and started digging and GoGibbet County became like one of the, biggest you know copper and iron ore right, areas yeah. in in the world at the time i mean the up produced like 95 percent of all copper in the world yeah it was booming back then yeah yeah so when this guy started this mine, a town grew around the mine. they dug yeah. and then you know the people would come to work and they'd build houses in an entire town and right. that town became besmer and that's the town i grew up in i graduated from besmer high school nice so when i moved to escanaba my she was my girlfriend and fiance at the time. Um, when we first got married, we lived in that guy, Mr. McDonald's house. We lived, we had, we rented like the whole second floor of that, that, that mansion on on the boulevard. And so then I started researching this guy. I'm like, okay, I live in an old mansion, you know, I want to know what this guy's all about. And then, so I found out the story and I'm like, Holy shit, man. Like I'm living in the house of the guy that funded what became my hometown. You are so in his house? I lived in his house. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm walking through doorways. Like, man, this guy walked through these doorways, <laughs> you know? No, yeah, he was the richest guy at the time. And basically from 2nd Ave South all the way to the lake where the all that neighborhood is you know ogden and everything all the way down he owned from that building all the way to the lake that's how big his property was he had manicured bushes and everything it was before that neighborhood even existed that's how long ago that building's been there nice and uh now i just it's hard to even imagine what that looked like though you know what i mean yeah but i mean the richest guy in the whole state so i started doing this research i'm like man this guy like created my hometown Mm -hmm. so then like i i dug in a little bit deeper and when that guy, the captain Nathaniel Moore, came to Escanaba to, to pitch this idea, yeah. he met him in in the rich. Let's just call him the rich guy. <laughs> he met him in his office across the street from the Daily Press. So about almost a year ago now, I was um, I was looking for office space for my business, and I kind of have been for a year up until basically this week where I found it, um, and. I was looking at where like Weight Watchers is right mm-hmm. now, that building. Yeah. And there was a guy standing out front, you know, cleaning something up. And I was like, hey, do you own that? He's like, yeah. And so he gave me a tour of the first floor of the office space and the storefront, you know. And yeah. and as I'm in there, I realized what building I'm in. I'm like, oh, this is M- Mr. McDonald's house. He, or mm-hmm. this was his office. Right. So I asked the guy, I was like, do you own the whole building? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, does anyone live upstairs? He's like, no, I got all those cleaned out. We're about to re-rent them. We're we're remodeling them right now. Yeah, I was like, can you show me them? So he's like, yeah, let's go look. So he brought me up these stairs. So I'm walking up these stairs, coming from Luddington, going up the stairs. And yeah. as I'm walking up the stairs, all I can think about is like, this guy. Nathaniel Moore walked up these very steps on his way to go pitch the idea that became Mm. my hometown. So then all of a sudden I'm touring the apartments and I'm in the front building and the guy's like this was his office because I told him the story when I got there. So I'm standing in the room where the idea that created my hometown was first pitched—that's awesome—and it was it was a surreal moment almost. You know, I'm 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 looking around like, wow, if if these walls could talk, mm-hmm. how many people have lived in this apartment over the years and never knew this story? Right. You know, but it's fascinating to me, and it's like there's so many of these stories in the UP, not just in Escanaba, but every city has them, though. You know.
0: Yeah, and that's why I like you know that uh, the local efforts here to. Um like the refacing of the buildings yeah. and just trying to upkeep things around here because yeah. uh I think a lot of times some of that history gets lost in, over time. You know, buildings get run down and yep. get destroyed and that sort of thing. So, yeah, anything to
1: preserve these buildings and keep yeah. that history alive yeah. is awesome. It, 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 it makes us become part of it in a way. You know, if those yeah. buildings all get torn down, they're gone forever, though. You yeah, know, and, exactly. and, and bringing them back to life, it immerses us in that history, whether we realize it or not. I mean, you know, they say there's like that. Uh, what do they call it? Like the uh, the foot, the footprint of the people before you, you know, their mm. presence is is sort of omnipresent in some of these buildings. Yeah. And, and you, re, you you feel it, whether you realize it or not, sometimes and I'm not saying it's ghosts or anything right. crazy like that. Um, but I'm just saying there's it's like sometimes when you know things happen in a certain room, like when right. I was in that room, like looking around like this is amazing. And it's like it'd be a shame to lose that. And I mean, there's a bunch of really historic buildings in downtown Escanaba right now that are like this close from being, yeah. being gone though you know so I think it's super important like um like what the DDA is doing like you said bringing mm-hmm. bringing these storefronts to life I mean they just put in all those glass windows in that in that Weight Watchers building right now I just noticed today on the way over here and it looks beautiful man it was yeah. awesome so I I hope that Escanaba grows continues to grow so they can do that to the whole downtown yeah you know because no, be you know in a, in a way we're all part of it man and it's really cool, um, you know, to think about you. You you sort of made a name for yourself here. You know what I mean? You were yeah. from here, but then you started doing these activities and playing these shows, and, and, you know, you could say whatever you want, but you made your mark on this town. You know what I mean? And there's no difference between what these guys in the late 1800s did compared yeah. to what you did with your time here and what the next group of people coming up behind us are going to do here you know it's its all the story of the city you know
0: and that and that's what i hope um i, I hope that's what it, it can be remembered for you yeah. know i'd like to say um you know everybody talks about Uh, this is a small town. Uh, There's Mm. nothing to do around here. Everything Mm -hmm. sucks. You got to drive far away to go see anything. Um, I'd like to think that I was one of those guys, me and Dusty, where we were like, screw all that. You know, Let's make something happen here instead of just talking about why it sucks. Let's make a scene. And yeah, I was an artist. And yeah, I was trying to get my own name out there. Mm -hmm. But... You know the entertainment that we tried to bring to this town and the things that we did f- with it and then trying to work with the local community like doing the uh sidewalk sales and the battle of the bands and yeah. stuff like that. It's like anything you know we really tried to bring that element to the community the the entertainment the yeah bring that here and I think we put a pretty good effort forward and uh you know, it sucks it didn't last longer or work out better. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big keys to that is venue. You know, you need a venue for a thing like that.
1: Yeah, it's tough.
0: The Delft was as awesome as the building is. Uh-huh. Doing events there is only as good as the management that's running the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, throughout the life of the shows that we've done there, the, the managers have always been pretty cool about just letting us... Uh, back when it was me and and Lucas James doing shows, it was like uh, they'll just give us like the building on a Sunday or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And just when we were in like high school, just all right, well we're <laughs> normally closed, here we'll open it up, we'll sell pop and yeah, because it was high school kids, they couldn't even sell drinks or anything. Yeah, right. And on uh, through to doing the shows, you know, uh, working out deals with the management to book entertainment through there. Yeah. But I think. The two big downfalls with that was um, when the new management came in towards the end of the Delft. It was about the same time we started doing the wrestling shows. Okay. I think... We made a mistake trying to go too far down the wrestling path, mm-hmm. and and uh, not focusing more on the on the music when okay. we were doing that. Sure. And I think the 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 uh, the management that was in there, that came in there, they had a whole new vision for how they wanted the place to be, mm-hmm. and they did a lot as far as adding lighting to the building, adding yep. sound. Um, but they didn't want anybody promoting their events or doing, they wanted to do it themselves. Yeah. And then it became karaoke night at the Delft every night instead of busy bone and Afro man. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. they didn't want to work with us and they had a better idea of how they wanted it to be. And they ended up going out of business <laughs> and
1: see what that worked out. Right. Drive so, past Right now. Yeah.
0: I think keeping, I think doing something like we did is still very possible. Uh, on a small level mm-hmm. the, the artists you know uh, my size or you know your anybody like you were at the time yeah I, I find it sad that a lot of these artists aren't still out there trying to do their own shows yeah uh, you know like I said we were in high school doing our own shows right our right. own shows nobody we were booking them promoting them Mm-hmm. Handing out the flyers, yeah. talking to the building owners. Yep. Nobody, everybody can do that now on their own level. I mean, before we moved on to the Delph, we were doing Barron's Bar and yeah, wherever, and those were some fun. Those Talk about the fun, wild man. shows where you just get <laughs> drunk and have a good time. Those Baron the shows Baron's awesome. shows were ridiculous, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to see people do that now. I mean, yeah. there's, there's people that say they're rappers or they do mm-hmm. music and where's your game you know what i mean yeah but uh on a bigger level i think it can be done i think this town needs some kind of venue though some a venue with a vision i think yeah and somebody with the motivation to, to put that effort in and i think you've talked about it on your other podcast bands will come through you yeah. know they're looking for those tour routes you yeah. know they can come up through downstate loop through the UP to Wisconsin or Mm -hmm. however
1: it works. For sure.
0: You can get that going. It'll take a little money, take a little energy, but it's doable.
1: You got to have a reason for them to come up here, though. You know what I mean? Because if with the right infrastructure in place, I mean, I talked about it with a bunch of people in the podcast already, but, I mean, there's no reason you can't hit Hoden, the Sioux, Marquette, Escanaba. I mean, three of those four towns have semi-major universities in them Mm -hmm. and then Escanaba is you know it's it's basically the jump off point from here you can either go downstate you can go down to Wisconsin or you can go over into like the western UP and hit the loop and down to Minneapolis and things like that I mean really we're situated somewhere that should be on every nationwide tour stop exactly except just for whatever reason you know the UP's always sort of just stayed small Mm -hmm. you know um, I don't know if it's financial or whatever, but, you know, it's, it's a little disheartening that it hasn't um, progressed a little faster than, than it has. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I'll tell you this,
0: too. The artists that come to the UP, mm-hmm. they love the UP. Yeah. And I'm not just talking the artists that we've brought. Like, even, like, if you go to a show at the casino, mm-hmm. they'll say it. You know, they'll be like, wow, this place is amazing. You know, like yeah. comedians I've seen there are just artists mm-hmm. or whoever. But, you know, certainly the artists we brought here, they love the UP. Yeah. They love the, just, it, it's fresh, it's new, it's it's uh, beautiful. It's different, it's, too. Yeah, and it's not a city. Yeah. So, I mean, and we tried that, too, like with Afro Man. We brought him, we did Ascanaba one night, and we did, brought him up to Houghton the night before. So, we tried oh, yeah, to start to branch into doing, you know, we did Multiple our smaller stuff. rap shows in Marquette, Houghton. You know, we were all over the UP, but for the yeah. big shows, we were... Starting to look for venues to branch those out into too. So. Yeah, how many uh, how many uh, well
1: known people did you bring up to the area?
0: Um, let's see here. Um, well, it started with uh, our first big show was Busy Bone. Okay, that's pretty um, cool, man.
1: I grew up a big big Bone Thugs fan. Like when I was way too young to be a Bone Thugs fan. Yeah, and, and that's pretty awesome.
0: It was tremendous. And and the thing with Busy Bone is it could have been so much bigger than it was. One, we had, like, a we had like a zero budget. Mm-hmm. We did that thing on balls alone, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, I mean, we had enough for the down payment on that. Yeah. That was it. It's like, better. if we didn't bring the people in to pay the rest of the bill when he got there, uh-huh. we were screwed. Yeah. We did, though. We, we did good on that one. But, I mean, and then the other thing we ran into was, like, being from this small town, everybody knows everybody, and it's, like, once you start promoting hey i'm bringing busy bone ask and i will buy the ticket here for 20 bucks yeah we got a lot of yeah right that ain't Uh gonna happen Uh uh-huh you know i don't believe it so it's like
1: i went to high school with you man what are you trying to do yeah don't even even try to do that
0: exactly so there (sighs) were there were so many people that didn't come because they just simply didn't believe it was gonna happen and they didn't have a promotional budget so could have been big but that was pretty huge Mm. um did Dayton Family. It was more of like an underground uh, rap group out of Flint. Yep. Um, we did Saint Dog from the Cottonmouth Kings. Okay, yeah. We did... Uh ABK, who's kind of like a juggalo act, and yep. uh, Boondocks, who's also a juggalo act. Those yep. shows did awful. ABK was okay. The Boondocks one was a flop. Okay. Um, we brought in uh, Hal Sparks, the comedian. Oh yeah. He had a band. Uh, we did that one with Luke Laplante.
1: Oh okay. Um, oh nice. He
0: he had the connection for that actually, and yeah. he wanted to do the show, and he reached out to us to so just kind of for the promotional and just you yeah. know because we had the venue hook up and yep. everything. So. We yeah, we worked with him on that one and then uh Afro Man, and Yeah. I think that was that pretty much covered all the bigger acts that we brought up. Yeah, but it was a good little run there for a little bit.
1: For for having like a, a bootstrapped operation like you guys did, it's pretty impressive that you did as much as you did do. You Plus know I mean? with the,
0: the pro wrestling, I mean, you talk about stars. I mean, our first pro wrestling show we had X Pac that's you, crazy you you're probably not even a wrestling fan but i'm sure you know who i, I was i was is. as a kid yeah for sure i was X-Pac a, I was a the, big
1: dx fan as a kid man i, I did the Outlaws sucker thing all day long too yeah so i mean
0: even big names there <laughs> yeah while we were running that
1: yeah. so it's uh yeah that's awesome man um it was fun what was it like putting together those wrestling shows you i would assume you've been a wrestling fan your whole life right yeah uh,
0: yeah i'm a huge wrestling fan and that was yeah it was kind of my weak spot there for doing those yeah um it was all right. Um, it, we partnered with some wrestlers, and and that's kind of how we ended up, you know, falling out with the whole thing. It Was mm-hmm. just you know, didn't, the business didn't work out partnering with wrestlers. Sure, but uh, it was fun while it lasted. I mean, yeah. we did. Uh, we were involved in like five or six shows here. Yeah, for that. So, um, it's fun. Yeah, you know? it's interesting. It's a it's a different. Uh, Type of business than music for sure. Yeah,
1: definitely. I I just think it's super cool that you guys just had these things you were passionate about, and like you said, instead of just bitching that they weren't happening, you just went and did them. Yeah, you know, and that sort of defines what the state of the world right now is it's yeah. like you don't have to you guys are way ahead of the game but like nowadays people are starting to enlighten a little bit about what what's possible it's like yeah. you don't have to ask permission you don't no. have to get okay you can just go do whatever the heck you want it's yeah. either gonna work or it's not if it doesn't yeah. you either bail and, and say that was dumb and never <laughs> yeah. do it again or you take your lumps you learn and then yeah. you make it right the next time but exactly. i think you guys were way ahead of the game for for the time you know
0: you Gotta want to take risks, yeah, and not be scared to fail, yeah. You, you and you gotta believe in yourself. Like I said, with that first Busy Bones show, mm-hmm. we could have failed big time on that. Yeah, um, he, he's not uh, the most expensive act in the world, mm-hmm. but he wasn't cheap either. Right. So to to pull that off, you know, and and contracts, legit contracts, mm-hmm. you know, that you're signing. So you gotta understand what you're doing there. Uh, it takes a lot of balls, especially um, for
1: a couple twenty somethings to pull off. Of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean, and, and that's really you know I'd like to see more of that in people, is just yeah, to me have the too.
1: balls to to do something. To do anything, really. Yeah. And it's weird because I think it's a generational thing. Like when we were coming up, it was cool to be a rapper. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was it was something that, like at the beginning. Especially being white kids from the UP, you know, mm. you get, man, what are you doing? Man. And then, like, you start doing it, and people are like, oh, okay, I, oh. I see what you, you're not necessarily trying to be something you're not. It's mm. like you're putting your own spin on this, right, you know? Right, exactly. Um, but it's so different now. Like, it's almost like not cool to be a rapper. Everybody wants to be a, a, a DJ now. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? DJ. Yeah, <laughs> but what kind of is weird to me is it almost seems like it'd be easier to pull that off these days if that's what people are into, You know, um, let's be honest. DJs these days aren't DJs like they were in our day. You know what I mean? They're not records. Not a lot of them are cutting on records, you know, or vinyl or anything like that. I mean, even in the later times, people were using Serato and scratch live and things like that. And that's, that's almost gone. Now they just got a lap, a laptop on a (laughs) table. You know? Yeah. And they got their little, they look like drum machines. I don't even really know what they are anymore. I've been out of the game for a minute, but you know, um, it seems like that, if that's what people are into, it seems like it would be a little bit easier to put something like that together. you know? Because yeah. we were, what, making beats? Yeah. We were writing rhymes. We were recording. We were putting them together. We were doing all of our own promotion, putting shows together. Yeah. Now it's like you're kind of just playing music, so why, where's the struggle? Right. You know there's I mean? none, yeah. Yeah, because they're killing it in Marquette right now. The kids that are doing that DJs kind of stuff right stuff. now, yeah, they're doing awesome in Marquette right now because there's a handful of them that are just doing it. Man. You know what I mean, and, and it's working because they're doing it. But it's uh it's kind of strange that there's not a whole lot of local music in, in Escanaba. You know, it's
0: sad. It, it's it's sad to me because me too. I love uh, the local music scene was everything to me growing up around yeah. here. Like in high school, I didn't have a place. You know. Yeah. And uh, when I became the rapper guy, mm-hmm. that was my place. Yep. And. Uh, you know, I made a lot of good friends and acquaintances through the, through doing local music, yep. and I felt like, you know, we always had people we were working with, there were always people that were trying to do music, but then, you know, when we stopped doing shows, they stopped doing shows, and it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's sad. I know, uh, there's, there's people here, there's uh, I, uh, rock musicians and stuff, I think, are still kind of Doing the the bar band gigs and that kind of thing. Some of the
1: punk bands and things like that are around. I just seen uh, Player Two play at um, Pacino's the other day. You know, John Harris and those guys. And, I mean, they're doing awesome, you know.
0: So that kind of stuff's great. But I I definitely, as far as, like, local hip-hop, I'm dead.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely dead. Yeah. It's weird, though. It's so weird. Like, when we were doing it, it was, like... It wasn't huge, but, like, it was enough that people were aware of it. But, like, right now... Besides, like, Casey, who I talked to the other day, it's like uh, I can't really name a single person doing anything right now in hip-hop, you know?
0: And it was fun because when we were doing it, we'd find these other pockets of of musicians in other places. Like, we started doing the Esky shows ourselves and working with some of the local Esky musicians. Mm -hmm. And then when we go and... Try to play around and see what's up in Marquette. Yeah, we're finding the Hip Hop Coalition up in Marquette. Yeah, we're finding Data and Codeman and and those kind of people. Lucas yep. Lyman. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure we came across you through that's the Marquette. That's how I met you. Crowd. Yeah, because yeah.
1: I was I moved to Marquette in uh, 2010, 2011, somewhere yeah. in there, and that's how I met you guys. for Just sure.
0: this, this whole pocket of like fresh MC. I'll throw uh, Twad in there too with his Merlot Mansion. Just yeah. I
1: mean, oh, yeah, those are fun shows too, man.
0: So it was very cool. We started working with these people too. Really? You know, it's like, let's branch out. Let's work. bring the Marquette kids to ASCIi Let's Marissa? go up to Marquette and do shows. Yeah. And we found, you know, Cranium up in Houghton and and. That guy's, good and too. Matt. That guy's real good. Um, we, we, we were working with Wisconsin rappers and yep. bringing them to the UP and then going to Wisconsin and doing their For shows. For sure. So, it, it was
1: strange. There was like this. <sighs> seemed like it was like this one year time frame where it was like it felt like everything was clicking you know Mm -hmm. there were people in hoden people in marquette people here in Escanaba and it was like okay. It was a hot scene. There was a hot scene and it was growing and, mm-hmm. and the shows were growing. We used to play the Upfront on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. man and we would have the Upfront packed and really? that's when like Team What's Good was up here. Remember those guys? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. like ER, ER. ER does the uh, the exit song on this podcast every episode. ER is the last thing on right. there. I still talk that's to ER. ER. Okay. Yeah ER my guy man. Uh He's killing it in, Mar- in uh, Milwaukee right now. Yeah I see. There's, he's still doing it stuff going there. on there. Yeah for sure but I mean there was that time frame where it was like I think we got something in here and then Mm -hmm. like some of us got a little older and then the rest of us fall behind and some people went some direction some went the other and it sort of just fizzled you know (laughs)
0: That's kind of what we found. Like I said, there was kind of like the two-part section. When I was doing it with Lucas James mm-hmm. uh, and we stopped doing that, me and him both moved down to Grand Rapids for a little while. We were going to try to bring our music down there. Okay. And he met a girl and fell in love and stayed there. <laughs> and I ended up moving back and going to college when I came back up to the UP. And then okay. that's how I bumped into Dusty. Yeah. But it seemed like whatever we had going when we were there doing shows, there was a little bit of a scene at that time too. And that just fizzled out completely. Yeah. And then there was that boom period that came back. Yep. Now it's fizzled out again. I just want to see people go out and do stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Do a dang show. Sell some CDs. Well, even people don't even buy CDs anymore. Right. But you get what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> We're going to date ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell yeah. some cassette tapes.
1: Yeah, right? Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, honestly, it doesn't <laughs> even have to be hip-hop, man. Like, um, there were some guys that started a place called the Luddington. It was like a punk rock venue at that yeah. little church on 14th and 1st Ave South. Mm. And uh, they had a little scene going there for a while, man. And it was all mostly punk rock, but they were bringing out of town bands. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't live far away, so it wasn't really my taste, but I still went and supported and would hang out and meet people. And it was yeah. cool, you know? So honestly, I honestly don't care what kind of music it is. Like, I just right. want to see people doing stuff. You're exactly right, man. Yeah. And uh, if people don't start doing stuff, then. Nobody's gonna, you know, because it's like I feel like we maybe should have spent a little bit more time finding I feel bad about this sometimes too. It's like I wish I would have invested some time like with some people like five to eight years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Because if I would have did that, I feel like some of them might be at the level where we were at the end, oh, right yeah. right now. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I was so selfish at the time, man. <laughs> Just so self. It was. I was so self-centered. You know that's, what I
0: mean? That's what it was too. Yeah. And and, that, and like I said, we were talking about that earlier. The ego, like, I you know, I'm not ashamed to say that when when we were doing that, that you know, we had big heads about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? And not so much. I mean, I felt like we got along with everybody that we worked with for the most part and yeah. shit. But instead there was more that could have been done like you said mm-hmm. to work with the next generation or to just develop
1: a little, a little bit even right.
0: things within the community or just anything in general when you're mm-hmm. not so focused on yourself and, and feeding your ego so yeah um, there were some lost uh, mm-hmm. opportunities there i think but yeah
1: But, you know, like we said earlier, it's all it's all a big lesson. You know, you learn these things and and I'm taking those lessons now. So now it's like now that I'm doing the podcast, I'm starting to get a little local notoriety. People are starting to understand what I'm doing. They understand what I'm going for. Like I'm not this isn't about an ego at all. This is just I just like to tell stories and I like to talk to cool people about cool things. Yeah, exactly what we're doing right now. It's just like I do this anyways. Mm -hmm. So it's just like. If I'm going to have these cool conversations, I want to share them with people, you know? Exactly. But now it's like a couple people have hit me up. It was like, hey, that's really cool. I love podcasts. Mm -hmm. Will you help me start one? And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will. And now it's like other people were like, they might not even think they they're not even thinking they should start a podcast and I'm like right. dude you should start a podcast like like yeah. Luke LaPlante. Luke should start a podcast you know there's a bunch of people um I'm working with uh Matt Oney he's in uh, upper edge with me and he's a teacher at the high school uh-huh. um he started a podcast group like a club at the high school so I'm volunteering an hour every week to go help the high school club really? develop a Eskimo podcast that's yeah. awesome yeah, Isn't that crazy Yeah yeah but I never would have thought about that back in the day but now it's like man I want I want them to succeed more than I want me to, you know, what yeah. I mean? because I know they're going to come up behind me, you know, and this is where this is where the world's going, too, because, you know, these kids, even if they're juniors and seniors mm-hmm. and they go to Marquette, they go to Northern or Tech or anywhere, really, yes. they're not going to really they're not yet teaching. The true possibilities yet in, in universities they're teaching classic marketing classes yeah. but nowadays you can start a podcast and talk about whatever you want and, and use that to gain attention for yeah. something else you're working on you Yeah, know? And that's why i do this oh, yeah. i have a marketing business i help you know local businesses with social media and i don't i bring it up like this I sneak it in like i just did now mm-hmm. but like that's not what the podcast is sure. about you know but it's like people are learning about who i am as a person and what i'm about and what i'm passionate about and then when i come offer to help them with their business it makes it a little bit easier because i don't have to sell who i am as much you know what i mean and that's where the world is going i mean instagram is crazy right now you know um facebook is sort of declining Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird twitter's almost gone man twitter's on its last leg i never got into twitter man me neither
0: to me i think uh, I don't know anybody that's on Twitter other than like celebrities, like a right. my favorite band or some wrestlers or something. But yeah. it's like I don't don't know if you were on Twitter or any you know. Yeah. Like with Facebook, it's more. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I have Twitter, but I don't I don't use it anymore, man. Exactly. Instagram is killing the game right now, though. Instagram's giving everybody else a run. For not up money. on the Instagrams. You're stuff? not. No. No, they're saying Instagram might even take over Facebook in the next couple of years here.
0: It's bound to happen. I mean, look at MySpace, you know. Yeah, right. MySpace, it's no guarantee that Facebook is just going to be the forever main uh, platform for social media, you know, the top dog. I mean, MySpace kind of started it. And as soon as something better or easier or Mm -hmm. whatever comes about, you know, they can take that over. No problem.
1: Yeah, I don't use Facebook because I'm loyal to Facebook. I use Mm. Facebook and Instagram because that's where the attention is. Yeah. It's all about attention. That's the only thing. Whether you're promoting a podcast, or you're a musician, or you're just some dude trying to find chicks, you know, Um, it's all like we said. you're, You're everybody's their own marketing company, and that's what this is. No matter what you're trying to promote whether it's just yourself as a dude or a business um you got to go where the attention is so who cares what platform it's on right
0: right but it's like
1: the ones that are like taking the initiative to develop and take the next steps are the ones that you know are going to be successful it's really interesting right now snapchat came out and changed the game Mm -hmm. you know all of a sudden snapchat was totally different from everyone else people were like 10 second videos that's the stupidest thing on earth and now it's like everybody's got those, you know, Instagram brought that Facebook's got stories now. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything is just taking what's working and adapting it, you know, and and, Mm -hmm. in a way that's the story of life, man. That's what you got to do these days, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see where all of that goes. But, you know, like we were saying, that's why I'm helping out with this podcast at the high school. It's because nobody's teaching these kids yet what's truly possible. And yeah. that was the first thing I said when I sat down. I was like, you know I start a podcast? Because I can do whatever I want. I can say what I want. I can talk to you. I don't got to go to a boss. I don't got to hit right. up a, anybody and, and ask for permission. I could sit down right now and hit record on this MacBook and yeah. here we go. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you guys could do that too. And I'm like, and don't start a podcast and like talk about what you think people want to hear. Don't do that. You yeah. know, it's like, what do you care about? talk about that. If you like Star Wars, talk right. about Star Wars. If exactly. you like if you like college football, just talk about college football. Who cares and bring everything else up in the middle of it, but you know.
0: One of the coolest things with podcasts is that uh it's it's a it's the subject matter is very niche. So mm-hmm. it's like you said, talk about uh whatever you like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um when people are searching new podcasts, they're going to search for that topic. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I listen to, like, a million wrestling podcasts because yep. there's tons of them. Well, you know, when I'm looking for one, I'm going to search pro wrestling. Yep. And uh, it's it's all niche. Nobody listens to one that's just a generic, covers all topics. Everybody's yeah. got their this topic, that topic. You got your business, your, your this, your that, or whatever that yeah. you're listening to. Um yeah. So, I mean, definitely, uh, it's it's just blown up, opened so many doors. Yeah. And I even, man, I haven't even started plugging anything on my podcast yeah. until like the last most recent episode that I did. Okay. Like I wasn't even using it as, uh, I mean, I guess it would come out in conversation, you know, like yeah. you said, like it just casually comes up. Hey, I do this, I do that. Yeah. Or have done this or that. Right. But it was, I haven't even, you know, started plugging websites or anything like that right. until it's like, so most recently, it was just fun to do and just yeah. having conversations with people. And
1: I'm still like that, you know, like I probably should be using this this platform I've built to yeah. promote even more. But it's like I don't want to. That's not what this is about. Yeah. This is just about I I get a kick out of it. You right, know, what I mean, exactly. it's just something cool that I do. And now people are like, I'm like getting like better response for my podcast than i ever did with music because yeah. with music i was trying to be cool yeah and i was trying to like present myself as something where this is just like i'm just talking and yeah. like uh, if people are either going to think i'm stupid and not listen or they're going to find something interesting <laughs> in these <laughs> stories that i'm helping tell and so far that's like the general consensus is like well,
0: and you got a good niche yours is you're 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 more like escanaba or u p centric mm-hmm. there's nothing really like that right now, yeah, you're tapping into something that nobody's doing or done, and if you're you know the more that you do that, you're like you said, you're gonna bring people from the community that are listening to it, they're gonna wanna be a part of it, and it's yeah. gonna be, uh, become a bigger thing um same thing like the ones that I'm doing, I'm essentially just kind of piggybacking off of all my old connections from yep. doing the shows and stuff mm-hmm. but it's like. I, I want to talk with these people because these are interesting stories, you know, yeah. like you're having with me today as an independent uh, entrepreneurial artist, uh, performer, yep. arts and entertainment, anything. Yeah. I like talking with people. How did they get their start? Yeah. Well, what did they do? Well, you know, how do they want to be remembered? I love these stories. So yeah. That's kind of my focus. And, and I like that kind of stuff. Mine's got a lot of swear words. In it, He's so got a lot though. more than mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
1: Well, like you said, that sort of defines you, though, right? Same thing yeah. with the music.
0: Yeah, I'm always kind of yeah. I've always still kind of that counterculture, <laughs> yeah, outside the box guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, um, you know, it's just like it's just it's all about who you are. You just have to be yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't like not swear on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's just this is just who I become. Like, right. I've had corporate super jobs and and this and that and public jobs and things like that and yeah. and then I got married and now my dad I got a two-year like funny story okay so this happened like 15 minutes before I walked out of the house to come over here right yeah. and uh if anyone has sensitive ears just Close your ears right now because I'm about to drop one. It's but, a 30 uh, seconds skip button. Yeah, so I'm in the kitchen, like I was just picking up. You know, my wife had a long day at work, and and I didn't want her to come home to like a messy kitchen, so I'm like, I'm gonna get some husband brownie points right now and go. do this thing. So I'm, I'm like cleaning up, and we're talking, and we're talking, and we're like joking about something. I forgot exactly what we're talking about, and and I'm like, yeah, and you were like that and right when i said that my two and a half year old walks around the corner and without missing a beat he goes yeah that and i'm like oh my god (laughs) and we look at each other and we're like don't smile don't laugh don't acknowledge that this just happened we're like covering our faces we're like oh my god but that's why like that's that's why i'm becoming like this type of person is because like those things happen it's like i'm like you know watching myself at home so i'm not dropping those things in front of him right, and yeah. then like it's just naturally progressing into my uh, the rest of my life you know what i mean yeah so it's just like i'm literally just being myself you know so it's just like man that was a funny moment though like as soon as he walked out of the room we both died laughing like, <laughs> you know? that
0: was uh, my kids with the uh that Uptown Funk song. Yeah. They were singing it, but they had a different word for yeah. funk instead. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but laugh. You know, I just yeah. broke out my phone and recall. I'm like, what did you just say? And I was like, say it again. Uh-huh. You know, I can't get mad at him. Nah, it's just funny. I don't know, you know anybody, right? Yeah. yeah. It was great. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. But it's just like, man, they pick up on everything right yeah. now. Like we, I can't say anything in my house without him repeating it. You really? know? Yeah. It's like, Hey man, you want to play trucks? he would be like, yeah, trucks. You want a snack yeah, snack. It's like he doesn't just say yeah. It's like he repeats yeah. literally everything that I say because he's learning how to mm-hmm. speak exactly. English. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? And it's it's really cool to watch that develop, though. You know, mm-hmm. how many how many kids you got? Two. Two. How old are they? Six and seven. Six and seven. Yeah. Hey, back to back. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. They're
0: like a year and a half, so there'll be a gap where they're like five and seven. Okay. Literally. How do they get along? Pretty good for the most part. They're Do like, they? are like best friends. Yeah, yeah. they chip fight off the over old block toys yet? or something. But yeah, um, no, not really. They're different. Um, are they? yeah, they got a little bit more mom in them. Uh, <laughs> well, the the younger one does, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a good thing. The younger <laughs> one's more crazy. He's wild. He okay. likes to jump off stuff, and yeah, you know, he he's a wild man. He's had to take him into the hospital more times than oh, I, really? i've been in the hospital oh, god broken arms stitches staples most of it's from his older brother throwing <laughs> stuff at him or pushing him out of
1: bed playing wrestling yeah mm-hmm. but his
0: older brother uh he's more like me but he's more like uh more artsy and coloring and more chill and yeah. just you know more of the creative types. So. You, you
1: encouraging that though, I would assume. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's cool though, man. Like um, those of us who have been through the things that we have with our with our hobbies and interests, you know, we did all these shows and did all this with music. And, and I went through this phase where I was like, I don't want my son to know any of this. <sighs> oh, but <dude>. now, now <laughs> I'm just like, no, that's dumb. Like, no, I, I am everything. Be- like, I want I'll probably, there's quite a bit that. I hope never comes yeah. yeah. But, but I don't want to hide the whole thing now. It's like, you know, he is me. Like, I'm inside of him. He's yeah. 50% me. So, yeah. like, hiding that from him is like doing him a disservice. Because yeah. everything that I am right now with this podcast, having these conversations, is because of all of that. So, yeah. it's like, you can't hold any of that back, you know? We are who we are.
0: I'm more open with my kids as who I am than mm-hmm. probably anybody. Like, I don't hide anything for my kids mm-hmm. you know i don't like tell them stuff they don't need to know <laughs> right, you don't go out to of your te- way. right yeah. but i mean i i won't like really hide them or try to be something that i'm not in front of them yeah. but i do wonder like if they get old enough to like pick up one of dad's old albums
1: yeah oh man i just dread, i just <laughs> dread the day my son googles me Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. will be interesting because like um, a couple of years ago, I have a couple of cousins that live down in far, far south, like almost on the Illinois, Wisconsin border. Yeah, And I haven't really been that tight with them growing up because we live six, seven hours away. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, when we see each other, we're tight and everything. But um he got he turned 16 and all of a sudden he's got Snapchat and everything else. And now every once in a while, I'll get a funny Snapchat or something from my my little cousin. You yeah, know? I think he's like 17, almost 17. I think he's a, almost a junior. Right. Um, so out of the blue one day, I get a link uh, on a text from him and he's like, this is awesome. And I clicked the link, and an old music video of mine no. pops, and I'm walking past <laughs> strip clubs and smoking cigarettes and drinking <clears throat> yeah. beers, and it, you know, and I'm like, oh man, you guys were not supposed to, like, they didn't, they don't, they didn't even know I was a rapper. Right. Like, I never talked, then just never came up. We're at yeah. family Christmases and stuff, never really came up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where he got the idea to to Google his cousin, Jake, you know, maybe like my aunt Gina or some mentioned something and he looked it up, but out of the blue someday he sent me a link of a music (laughs) video. I'm like, man, I didn't even know you knew about that. He's like, dude, what is up with this? Then he was like, you know, why'd you hide this from me? This is awesome. You know? And and it's those things where I'm like, you shouldn't hide these things from people because the experiences were awesome. And even some of the negative parts, uh, that's all things you can share now, you know? Right. And like I said,
0: you know, like I kind of cringe if I if I think about a kid listening to one of my old albums. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, my kid will be sitting there going, oh, "My dad did like six full length albums and did all these shows and mm-hmm. did this and did that and you know it, it, they know but they don't know like yeah. I'll, I'll get asked every once in a while like Dad when when did you used to be a rapper? Because uh-huh. he'll see I'll have like a picture of me holding a microphone or yeah. something and you know, he yep. would ask about well, I used to be a rapper. Yeah, you know, it was a long time ago, buddy, you know, so he'll ask about <laughs> yeah. it. He knows I was involved in wrestling and stuff like that, but yeah. they don't know what it is yet. Yeah. So I think it'll be cool and kind of uh, even if the content is iffy for your kids to be listening to, mm-hmm. I think it'll be cool for them to just know that. You know, their dad did stuff. You and They can do stuff too. Yeah, you know? for sure. For so. that's a
1: really, really great way to think about it yeah. too, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what it's all about, really. You yeah. know what I mean? It's you gotta encourage them to do whatever they want. Exactly. They're gonna anyways. Right. So it's like you might as well try to try to help guide that as much as you can. Otherwise, yeah. they're just gonna go balls to the wall, and, and it might not be great. Some of the things they get right. into without a little bit of guidance. You know what I mean?
0: And that—that's my purpose nowadays—is—is, is, you know, coming out of that divorce and, mm-hmm. and just a lot of uh, introspective, you know, and just learning about myself and what got me to that point. And it's like, yeah. uh, at this point, it's for the kids. Everything's for the kids. Mm-hmm. Once by the move downstate. It's like now it's not about me or what I want to do or what I do. I mean, I still gotta do me. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Keep myself, but. Everything is to help guide and mold them and Mm -hmm. help their upbringing and get them to that point. Well,
1: you sort of get to that point, too, where it's like you almost feel like you're screwing them over by not doing what you want to do. Yeah, You know what I mean? You don't want them to look at their dad and be like, man, he hasn't done anything he wanted to do his whole life. Like, You might work your ass off your entire life, and they'll appreciate that for you, and they'll figure that out eventually. But at the same time, it's like, They'll also know if you're holding yourself back, yeah. you know, yeah. and like you said, they're, they're going to become you one way or another. We all become our parents, yeah. whether we like to admit it or not. I mean, yeah. I'd say th- every once in a while I'll say something and I'll just hear my dad coming out and I'll be like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, how did that happen? You know, now look at my son. I'm like, oh, sorry, buddy. you got this in you. <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean? I apologize to my kid all the time. I'm like, sorry, I'm in you. And. <laughs> oh, my bad, man. <laughs> oh, it's funny, though. That's good. Yeah. So what's the future look like for you, man? What do you got? What do you got coming um, on? What do you got going on?
0: I'm loving the podcasting. Yeah. Um, I'm doing the long forms once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mostly interviews, but I do want to branch out into doing like long form topics, too. Yeah. Um, just kind of. Like, I've been really bugging trying to find people that have good ghost stories. I want to do, like, a ghost episode and oh, just talk yeah. to people that have ghost stories. So You know, something even a little bit outside the entertainment part. But, mm-hmm. like, long form, once a month I'm dropping them. And then I have, like, supplemental... Like, I do what's called, that's the Underground Sound Podcast, the long form. I have the Underground Sound Extra. Okay. Where it's like, if I just have, like, a side rant. Something you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, just anything at all that's not really a long form or fits into it, I'll just record it,
1: put it up. Yep. Uh, that's a good idea. I've been kind of thinking about that, too. I haven't done yeah, anything just yet. just
0: use the feed for extra content. I did uh, a show, uh, two episodes with my kids a little podcast with them where I just Oh, did you really? Yeah, just like, hey, what's up with you guys? What's on your mind? That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, so just fun stuff like that. So that keeps me motivated. Um, Working on the new music, Um, I want to put... I want to give back to Lucas James. Yeah. He got me my start in rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked hard, did a lot of shows. He's a good good rapper, a great, one of the best MCs I've ever heard, to be quite honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I agree. And he's never had the spotlight on him on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to give back and let him do that, because that was always one of the things with him. It's like when I was under his shadow, mm-hmm. I had a chip on my shoulder. You know, I was always like, "Oh, you're just the dude that's with him." Yeah, I got to succeed on my own as my own artist. So yep. now I'm—I I don't want that spotlight anymore. I want to yeah. give that to him. He's ready for that. He wants that still. Yeah. He never had that. Right. I want to give that back to him. So he's—that's cool. I'm gonna be making new music, uh, some EPs and stuff like that. But he's gonna be the big project that I'm gonna big to push. Yeah, hey? yeah. I'm gonna put everything that I've learned and everything I can behind getting him off the
1: ground and yeah, be his hype man, do shows for sure, man. For get you back on stage, hey? yeah.
0: Yeah, because I don't want to be the spotlight. I don't want to be everybody come check out the sheep. You know, <laughs> I, I, I honestly I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. Uh-huh. I mean, it was fun when I did it, but. Yeah. Now it'll be nice to still go out there and do that. Yeah. But, hey, everybody, look at this guy, yeah. not me.
1: Okay. Um, I, I'm glad you said that. I meant to ask you, how, how did the name The Sheep come about? Because, to me, <laughs> you're like the uh, the antithesis of, of what a sheep is in American culture right now. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, the, the farthest f- thing away from a typical the follower sheeple the right thing. now. Yeah. 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 No, it's
0: definitely not that. It was um, when I grow my hair out, uh-huh. it, it gets really curly yeah. and wooly-like. <laughs> oh, really? So in high school... Everybody used to call me Sheep because I had a big, poofy, like, woolly fro. Yeah. I used to dye it different colors oh, and really? stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got the nickname Sheep from that. And then uh, when I first started rapping, I, I took on the name Sheep, Shippy Ship, like okay. Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I, that just kind of started to sound ridiculous as I got older. <laughs> so I was looking for a way to just shorten it and make it unique at the same time. Yeah. So. Came up with The Sheep and okay. it just kind of rolled from there. Okay, man.
1: that's awesome. Um, You know, uh, what was the record store downtown called? Record Rack. Record Rack, yeah. man. They just closed like less than a year ago or about a year ago now. And up until the last day they are open... Your posters from your albums were still. On the wall, <laughs> That's awesome. To the last day, your posters were still in the wall oh, there. My man. CDs were probably still in there collecting dots too. <laughs> probably should have bought them back when they closed up. They're probably right. in a crate somewhere yeah. crazy
0: right now, huh? Hey? That's fine if they end up in somebody's hands somewhere down the line. That'll be cool.
1: It's all right. So hopefully, it'll be like uh, someday when they won't even know how to play them. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, this is cool, but I, <laughs> you know, I don't know where to even put it's this thing. Like. Ancient technology. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, hey man, you got a great story. I hope that once you guys get it kicked off, you guys come back up here to Escanaba. Love to help you put on a show anywhere I can.
0: I think I think that might be in the plans. You know, he wants to do shows. Yeah. Obviously I still, you know, have some kind of connections and stuff. So that might be a thing that we do for sure. It's been talked about. I hope
1: so, man. awesome dude well hey thanks for stopping by thanks for the conversation appreciate it and uh i'm gonna try to get on yours as soon as we can right yeah
0: yeah yeah you're for sure supposed to be online i didn't bring my equipment with me or anything but uh we'll get it we'll get it all right man we'll get it figured out oh yeah
1: all right man right on thank you i'll talk to you later all right buddy cool peace later the podcast is brought to you by uber shirts uber shirts is a up clothing brand specializing in graphic design embroidery and screen printing services Located in downtown Ishwaming, they're passionate about creating modern designs inspired by the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Ubershirts strives to dress Upers around the world in unique, quality products. They specialize in apparel design, logos, business cards, marketing materials, package design, billboards, signage, menus, flyers, basic web design, and a variety of other services. If you need it, they design it. Ubershirts also offers screen printing and embroidery on all of their garments along with a variety of custom orders. With over 18 years of graphic design experience, they will help you design, screen print, and embroider projects from start to finish in a timely fashion. They work with individuals, schools, groups, clubs, sports teams, and businesses throughout the United States. Contact Ubershirts at 906-204-2255, stop by their retail location in Ishpeming, and of course, check them out at Ubershirts.com. EscanabaNow.com aims to provide Escanaba, Gladstone, and the greater Delta County, Michigan area with local news, views, things to do, and perspectives from the great people who live there. They also strive to connect local businesses and organizations through effective promotional options and seamless integration of local news, events, and businesses. See what's happening in Delta County at EscanabaNow.com. Friends and sponsors at Uper Shirts and EscanabaNow.com. Thanks to Social Club Misfits and E.R. Kenta for the intro and outro music. If you want to check out any more of their music, their links are in the show notes. ER's a good friend of mine, and he'll be on the podcast sometime next month. Guys, my name is Jake Starini, and I run a digital marketing agency here in Escanaba that specializes in helping local businesses plan and execute impactful social media strategies. I'm also the marketing coordinator at the Delta Chamber of Commerce, EDA, and UP State Fair. The podcasts are released every week, but make sure to subscribe and like our Facebook page for new guest announcements and updates. The podcast can always be found on iTunes and and sorejointsandtwitches.com. I'm on all social media at Jake sereni 906 so follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat. And if you know an interesting youper or anyone with a great story, reach out to me on social and I will try my best to get them on the schedule. Alright guys, thanks for hanging out. I'm out of here. I will see you next time. <laughs>